Welcome to CRE Success, the podcast, where we help people working in commercial real estate achieve their professional goals. Check us out online at cresuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now here's your host, Darren Krakowiak. Hello, once again, this is episode five. We're here to help people working in commercial real estate who are looking for some support with their own professional development to achieve success more quickly and become leaders in their slice of the industry. So far, we've spoken to two service providers and two founders and CEOs on the podcast. And today we are speaking to James Woodburn. He has had a varied career in the industry, but for over a decade, he's been on the client side and he's currently based in Hong Kong, serving as the head of corporate real estate within Asia Pacific at WPP. I'm pleased that we're able to bring you yet another relevant perspective on the podcast. Before we do bring that interview to you, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you for listening. We have already reached the top 20 within the Apple Podcasts careers chart in three countries, Australia, the Philippines, and South Korea. We got to number 26 in the same category in India, and we also have had listeners tune in from Singapore, the United States, and several countries across Europe, which is very exciting. So wherever you are in the world, thank you for giving us your time, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you would like to share our podcast with anyone or submit a question to be answered on a future episode, one way to do that is to use our hashtag, which is hashtag CRE success, or you can find us on all the major social media channels at CRE success. All right, our chat with James Woodburn of WPP starts in 30 seconds. I recently visited one of Hub Australia's beautiful workspaces in Melbourne. Hub is Australia's homegrown premium flexible workspace operator with over 3,000 members across Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne and Adelaide. They offer great membership benefits like in-house cafes, exercise studios and stylish end-of-trip facilities, as well as workspace solutions for businesses of all sizes. From freelancers to large corporate teams who have made the upgrade to flexible workspaces. If you want to learn more about Hub Australia, visit hubaustralia.com. And now it's time for the interview on CRE Success, the podcast. James, welcome to CRE Success, the podcast. Thank you, Darren. Nice to be talking to you. Well, James, the first thing we do at the start of each podcast is we ask our guests to step into the virtual elevator and to give us their 20 to 30 second introduction, their so-called elevator pitch. So, James, who are you? I'm James Woodburn. I work at WPP, which is a large global marketing services organization. And I'm responsible for their footprint of offices for the group across Asia, covering the management, workplace fit-outs and the facilities operations. We have around about 300 properties occupied spanning some 21 countries in the region, which is home to about 30,000 of our staff. Brilliant. So how big is the team that you're managing at the moment? Uh, The direct team is a small team, about 10. Are they all with you in Hong Kong? I have one in um, India, in Mumbai, and the balance are in Hong Kong, and one sort of side report in Singapore. Very good. So let's go back to the start, when you started in real estate. Do you care to tell us how many years ago that was? Ooh, um, 28-ish about 28, 29, I started uh, in the property at the grassroots level. I finished a tourism management degree course. And at the end of that, my lecturer, who'd done land economics, uh, suggested I was more suited to the real estate career. Okay. Um, and it was back during the last recession that uh, we had to have in 91. So I leapt into residential sales at the age of 22 on the lower North Shore of Sydney. Um, and for there, I transitioned 
to commercial leasing uh, on the North Shore and then to the Sydney City. Real estate was something that you fell into at the end of a course that you were doing on the advice of a lecturer who just told you to get into real estate. That's right. Yeah, so somewhat accidental, um, but really found myself uh, loving uh, the mixture of deal doing, dealing with people, being in an office at a desk, out in buildings, working, creating things. It really hit the mark. Well, looking over your career, it's been quite varied when it comes to real estate. You've worked as an agent, an advisor. You've been working on behalf of commercial real estate investors and for the past decade, working at WPP in a corporate real estate role. So based on your experience, are there any common traits that you think are important to be successful in commercial real estate, regardless of the position that you're in? You need to enjoy a mixed result. You need to be passionate and hardworking at whatever you do. And uh, for me, it was enjoying networking, managing numbers analysis, uh, negotiating. You've got to be good at it. Uh, There's no point doing something that you're not good at um, and you need to enjoy it. Generally, if you work hard at it, you'll end up um, being good at it. My bias of interest was always leaning towards the tenant side and helping them navigate large, complex lease negotiations. And how did the switch from residential to commercial happen? That really came about just um, by being in exposed to an office, a small office which had the combination of leasing and uh, residential sales and I just found myself gravitating to I guess what I regard as less fickle uh, negotiations and, and commercial advisory than what was happening in residential uh, so I enjoyed you know I've always enjoyed negotiating but I just found what I was observing with the team next to me that it was less fickleness a bit more commercial. So you mentioned earlier about the importance of passion and it's not good enough to just be good at something, but you've also got to enjoy doing it. So what is the thing that you enjoy most about working in our industry? I love the, the diversity of the industry um, that it brings to the daily role. Um, for me, I really love negotiating. That's the thing that ticks my box, um, and especially when they're large and complex. Yeah, it's a bit that gets me out each day and just enjoying what I'm doing. So what's the key to a good negotiation? The wisdom always would tell you that it's a win-win. My personal view has always been that it's a a win and have the other side think they've won. (laughs) So it's a bit of psychology involved. Indeed. So tell me a bit more about your current role. You're at WPP. You're the head of corporate real estate in Asia Pacific. What does that involve? As I mentioned, I cover uh, about 21 countries. WPP uh, for me was a client back in the 90s. Um, when tenant advisory as a discipline was just emerging. I looked after um, WPP as I moved between a couple of different commercial consultancy companies. Uh, And then in 2001, the opportunity arose to move internally and effectively fill the role of what I regard as my favourite client. So I jumped at it. And then I've managed that team remotely um, from Australia for about seven of the last 10 years. But more recently, our campus programs accelerated, necessitated a move to be on the ground in Hong Kong. Um, And that's where most of the team of 10 uh, are dedicated to working. Got a large collective of outsourced partners to bring on the management of the portfolio. What was the biggest surprise about moving to Asia to uh, take on the responsibility that you already had? So you had some idea about the role, but not being in the thick of it in Hong Kong. What was the biggest change that you perhaps didn't see coming? I certainly didn't see um, Typhoon Manjit coming, even though <laughs> it was warned of, and I didn't see the uh, riots in Hong Kong coming, and I didn't see COVID-19 coming. Mm. Um, but obviously all of that has hit more than just Hong Kong albeit the rights were pretty specific. But on the positive side, really, there's the convenience of getting around the region. It's been so much easier to 
move between countries than it was commuting out of Australia. For you, what do you find the most challenging thing about working in commercial real estate, but within a business whose core activity is not real estate? You need to remember that the role is to service the business and not the income producers. And we're here to help the creative businesses optimise the performance by providing them with great workplaces, um, which respond to the industry changes and challenges that would be consistent across all different industries. And it's not at all easy with real estate being an expensive and long-term asset. And given it's a creative industry, it inherently brings additional challenges as creative minds are not always as commercial as you'd like. So what's harder, do you think, being a service provider and educating a client about commercial real estate or being on the inside and working for that company and trying to advocate for commercial real estate within the organisation? Look, having done both, they both have different challenges. Neither one is easy. They probably look easier from the outside. As the advisor, you think, wouldn't it be great to be on on the inside controlling things? Uh, But I can tell you from the inside, it's equally as hard to get your advisors involved and also to get some of the decisions. It's a safer, more sort of certain and consistent role when you're internal because you are the centre of excellence. There isn't that comp- competition within advisory teams. On the other hand, you, know, you don't have quite the diversity and you don't have a group of common skill sets uh, that are working for the same cause. You're, you're it on your own largely when you're in a corporation. So how do you continue your own professional development as a commercial real estate professional when you're working in an organisation where that is not the, the core purpose of the company? Yeah, good question. It's, it's something you do need to invest in. So you see a lot of corporate real estate people attending the industry conferences and a part of networking groups, uh, often sometimes informal ones, but just getting together and talking about common issues and challenges. Uh, so really doing a lot in the, in the industry, either by speaking and giving back and that way engaging and creating conversations. I often do a bit of that at conferences and I do it both because I enjoy sharing knowledge, but equally I find it a way to, to start and challenge debates. And then that gives me new ideas. I have seen that you're certainly not afraid of putting forward an opinion when I've observed you at Cornet and at other functions. What advice would you give to the commercial real estate services firms about how they can better serve the needs of people like yourself who are in regional corporate real estate roles within large occupiers in Asia Pacific? I've always encouraged them to understand their clients as best as possible, not to think of uh, their advice as a deal, as a transaction, um, but rather think of what what is the best interest long-term of the client and always be trying to convert advice and knowledge with that frame set in mind. If If you're thinking that way, then the best outcome will come through and the clients will then start to respect you for that rather than perceiving you per se as a broker trying to chase a commission. So I know you've worked on some very large and high-profile projects in the region. Is there one in particular that stands out that you're particularly proud of? I'm generally, uh, not always, but generally proud of of the last project we ever do because it's always an improvement on the ones before. Um, But when I look back, there's been a few really significant ones that have lasted the test of time and I'm quite proud of, um, dating back to, you know, I was the the architect of the, the Westpac Ken site deal in 2002. And seeing that transaction stand the test of time, they're still there. It was huge at around 76,000 square metres. And I executed a post about of cancer 
um, in Asia, our, Sh our Shanghai campus put our campus deals on the map for the group globally, as well as being the largest office deal at the time in Shanghai. Um, and it remains itself the largest true campus, integrated campus in our group. Um, most recently, Mumbai was a huge success with about 4,000 staff uh, moving in. And, and as we speak, in the middle of COVID-19, we have 1,500 people transitioning in our Hong Kong campus, which will be the newest and more integrated form of campuses. So, James, I appreciate you sharing such a, a personal moment there regarding your own cancer battle back in the early 2000s when you're working on the Westpac project. How do you, what's going on in your personal life impact the results that you get and the satisfaction that you get from, from some of the projects that you're working on? Well, that, that experience, Westpac came just after I'd finished treatment. So I, I'd finished, I'd beaten it, I'd given birth to our first son, so quite a lot was happening in 2001. Mm. Gosh, even September 11, and it had happened uh, earlier in that year. So a lot had happened. And so it was really for me getting into the Westpac deal and executing it was more proving that chemo hadn't fried my brain, that I was still an effective contributor. So in, in some regards, I didn't really reset, as you often hear people sort of have a health scare and take a tree change or something like that. If anything, I probably stepped it up a notch. Um, and, and strove harder and faster for something. Um, and maybe then later had a bit of a, okay, I've done it and a, and a reset. I needed to prove a point, I feel, personally. Thank you for sharing that. It sounds like you, you well and truly proved it and, and glad to hear that um, obviously you came through it so well. Yeah, uh, you're the head of corporate real estate, as we've established, at WPP in Asia Pacific. You not only lead that team, but you also work with the senior leaders within WPP C-Suite to ensure real estate supports the strategic priorities of that business. You're working with some very high caliber and high profile people. Can you share one or more attribute that you think makes a great leader? Sure. Look, I, I, I'm not probably the, the one to be called a great leader necessarily. It's probably more a question for my team. Um, albeit I do feel as though they'd walk over hot coals to support me. Um, so I guess I'm doing something okay. Being confident, uh, particularly in times of crisis uh, or, or difficult times, being confident and calm and managing pressure well gives confidence to your team around you. Being able to present well. Uh, and engage with people and particularly being able to translate corporate real estate speak uh, into plain English business language when you're dealing with the C-suite. We, we have our own vocabulary like every industry does. It makes us sound more intelligent and, and complicated. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're dealing with business managers who don't understand those nuances and languages. So we need to convert to their language and understanding um, to help decisions made. Um, and also seeing the bigger picture and the longer term goals uh, so that you can really help people navigate shorter term challenges or attributes that I think help give confidence in a leader. So you mentioned there the importance of remaining calm when you're under pressure. Do you have any strategies that you deploy to ensure that you can remain calm when the pressure is on? Breathe. I say to myself, breathe. Count to 10 has also been a good strategy. Um, and something I need to practice more of is not replying quickly to emails. Very good advice. Sleeping on them or putting them into the draft box and then coming back the next day and deciding whether it's the right email to send. 
I have done that myself. And usually it's not an email that I would send when I look at it the next day. <laughs> yeah, too often. How do you continue to grow and improve as a leader? Certainly I feel as, as you get on in time, you feel like it's probably you're growing less and there may be some truth to that. Initially, growth was all about technical skills, about learning markets, developing negotiation wisdom and expertise. My growth area these days is more for about managing people and the interpersonal side. I mean, the key skill set really in corporate real estate in many roles is actually stakeholder management. That is, that's, that's, they expect you to have your base real estate skills, but it's about having a skill to manage. Multiple stakeholders is where the money and the value really is. And I have over the years invested a lot of time coaching uh, and taking on coaches. And that's something I continue to do to, to try and improve. I could do of more, of course. And as I mentioned earlier, I like talking at conferences because I find that a way of both sharing but also gaining insights through the exchange. So is there something that you deliberately and consistently focus on that you feel contributes to your own personal success? Oh, look, I've always been ambitious and wanted to be the best at what I do. Um, or one of the best, at least. And for me, that was uh, evolving around lease negotiations and, and tending to be on the tenant side because I felt they valued and needed the help. So there's always been an intrinsic driver there. But for me, my internal, I think, drivers that push or pushing for success was working hard, sometimes never turning off to my detriment, um, whereas now focusing on being able to switch off and have some downtimes is, is a valuable skill set just to reset yourself. Also being able to alternate between the detail and then the big picture, I think is a handy attribute that uh, is often overlooked. Sometimes people are too big picture and miss the detail and other people can be too stuck in the detail and miss the big picture. And being able to see both and alternate between both is a valuable skill. So is there any specific or, or is there one particular piece of advice that you would give to someone at the start of their commercial real estate career? I'd advise anybody starting out to really mix it up. Expose yourself to different sectors of the industry or different skill set areas, different departments, because all of that experience that you gain will be adding skills to your toolbox that you'll use later in life and draw upon. Um, but focus on what intrinsically you enjoy doing and then pursue that with a passion. As I say, for me, it was a mix of working city towers and helping tenants navigate an area they had little expertise in, um, and then doing it ultimately with an industry that contributes to and shapes the daily lives of everyone every day, and having the ability now to be exposed to a range of cultures, which has kept it interesting for me. You don't succeed by accident. You need to map it out with a plan, write it down, execute it. Don't worry that the plan doesn't go according to plan, because often it'll change over time. But writing it down does help organise your thoughts and helps you move towards action. Finally, before we go, what's your strategy to balancing life's competing priorities and how has that perhaps developed over your career? You talked a little bit about uh, the difference between working hard and you know focusing on strategy. But when it comes to that work-life balance, how have you become, I guess, more balanced as you've progressed and become more senior throughout your career? Yes, or a, or a reflection on perhaps what I should have done differently. Um, because as I've alluded to, I haven't always, I don't think, had the well-balanced life, from a, certainly from an Australian standard. You mellow over time, though, and you do get better and more experienced, experienced with what you're doing, and so you become more efficient. What, what do you mean by that in terms of you haven't had the balance from an Australian perspective? Do you mean that you're a pretty work-hard, work intense sort of person? Yes, yeah, and Australia is regarded as a, as a culture, a country where work-life balance is very important and cherished 
and pursued. Uh, I think a lot, a lot of areas in Asia don't have that reflection on balance. It's more work, work, work. Mm. How did you overcome that? Well, I think just with time, you do become a, a little mellower and uh, saying you become more efficient with your wisdom and everything. So you can do things more quickly, but then you do ultimately have to put some boundaries, you know, reserve some time for proper downtime to re-energize. I've, I had the benefit actually in the GFC of a short redundancy period. That gave me another opportunity to refocus and clarify career ambitions. And that's effectively how I've ended up here with WPP. So I think for many people, these times and some perhaps even out of work, whilst it's tough, it's a rare window of time to, to look at your long life ahead and organise your priorities, plan what's important, your goals for the long term, and so map it out, write down the pathways, imagine where you want to get to, the pros and cons of each, um, and then plan the journey and start to take action. Great wisdom that you've shared there, James. I want to thank you very much for being with us on CRE Success, the podcast. Thanks for your time. That's a pleasure, Darren. Nice talking to you. Take care. For more information about our guest, visit CREsuccess.co forward slash podcast. And now a final thought from Darren Krakowiak. Thank you once again, James, for your time. As you may know, I started CRE Success in April 2020 to be a coaching, consulting and mentoring service for the commercial real estate industry in Asia Pacific. One thing that I didn't anticipate when I started the business was the most common inbound inquiry being, can you tell me how to get my next job? It's something I hear from people who are in the industry, but also from those wanting to get into commercial real estate. Now, perhaps that being the most common inquiry is a reflection of the times that we are in or it's because this is what people most need professional support with or they are most aware of it being something they need professional support with as opposed to leadership coaching which can often be an unaware problem. Getting a job is a topic I do know something about because I've literally interviewed hundreds of candidates over my career and I've also been on the other side of the table and gotten through some competitive recruitment processes as a candidate. As I've helped a few people with this topic over the past couple of months, I've noticed some common questions that are coming up. So I thought I would share some of that with you. One particular area that I can see people need help with is customizing their approach to prospective employers. I've come across people who think it's a numbers game and they're inclined to send applications to as many companies as possible, kind of passing their resume around like confetti at a wedding. In my opinion, this will only lead to frustration and self-doubt, as you are very unlikely to get much traction this way. When it comes to job applications, I think quality is more important than quantity. Apart from optimising your resume for the position, the company and the person who will be reading it, which is a whole topic in itself, and of course using your network to find common connections in the target company, one thing that can really help you stand out from the pack is to write a killer cover letter. I think sometimes people get lazy. They think that the cover letter is optional, so they don't include one, or perhaps they just rehash their CV, or they make the cover letter really generic and bland and use it as a template for every position they apply for. A cover letter should be hyper-optimized for the position. While it's not critical to have a cover letter for every position, a well-written and targeted cover letter will make your application stand out from the pack. I've prepared five tips in a document I've shared with CRE Success subscribers called Write a Killer Cover Letter. One of the benefits of being part of our community is that every week I send out 
an email with new and relevant content for people working in commercial real estate. If you'd like to receive a free copy of that document, write a killer cover letter, just jump onto our website. I've set up a special page for you to access it, cresuccess.co forward slash cover letter. Get on there and you can check it out for yourself. That's all we've got time for this week. Thanks so much for listening and I will speak to you soon. Thanks for listening to CRE Success, the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platform and be sure to leave us a five-star review. For more information about the show, just check the show notes on your podcast app or visit us online at cresuccess.co. Unispace doesn't just design workplaces, they create places for businesses to do their best and most productive work. Not only that, their global experts in strategy, design and delivery are all in-house, allowing for ongoing internal collaboration, so there's no chance critical information can fall through the cracks. This means less cost overruns, fewer time delays and less supply chain issues, meaning you can be settled into your new space fast. Visit unispace.com and get in touch with their team.